welcome to episode 17 of Vibing in Valentino. Okay, my weekly weakness this week, just because it's been so rainy in Thailand, like the sun is just not conducive here for tanning. Um, it's like a very humid heat here, so I hate like sweating if I'm not in the gym, like laying out and like sweating buckets, just not my jam. So I've been so into Bondi Sands, and I think I'm saying it Bondi, like Bondi Beach, Australia. It would only make sense. It's like an Australian product. Bondi Sands self-tanning foam in ultra dark. Oh my god, so good. When I'm back here, I actually tan at BKK Sun. Shout out BKK Sun in downtown Bangkok. But, you know, because everything is like closed down, I haven't been back there in like two months now. The last time I went there was before I went to Phuket Island. And yes, it's pronounced Phuket, not fuck it. Okay? That was the last time I went. And I miss having a tan. And this shit was the answer to all my tanning prayers. I highly recommend it. I love it so much. Okay. Before we get into our conversation with our guest of the week, and let me tell you guys, this is a good-ass episode. Our guest, she is just the creme de la creme of guests. Like, the articulateness. That's a word? I don't think that's a word. How articulate she is, her content, her knowledge, what she has to share, the entertainment value. Oh my god. Everything about this episode... Even me editing, I had so much fun editing this episode, okay? Before we get into it, I just wanted to remind you guys that you guys can purchase my eight-week workout plan, Vibing Strong, on my website, vibinginvalentina.com. And on the website, you guys can book a one-hour consult with me about all your fitness and nutrition-related questions. Or you can just drop a line, say hi, and I would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get right into the conversation with our guest this week. So, I vividly remember finding our guest this week from a YouTube recommendation, and the recommended video was titled, How to Destroy a Fuckboy. I mean, where (laughs) has she been all my life? (laughs) Ever since then... I've been binging on her videos. She's always on when I do my cardio in the morning. And honestly, you guys, there is no such thing like working out to her videos. There is no one who will entertain and educate you on topics like dating, narcissism, psychology, and the Kardashians quite like her. Shallon Lester, <laughs> welcome to Vibing in Valentino. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. It's truly the highest compliment that I could get someone through a workout because that's all I want. Like, I listen to like one podcast when I work out and I'm like, oh my God, to meet like the lady who does that. This is crazy. (laughs) That's why I watch so many of your videos. Sometimes I'll have it on um, when I lift too, just for like, instead of music, I'm like learning and lifting. (laughs) (laughs) And like getting angry at the patriarchy. It's like, just a more deadlift. I get it. (laughs) Okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like how did this journey happen for you? So I've been an editor and an author in New York City for like since I graduated, so for a while. And I did a reality show on MTV, which Mm -hmm. I know you want to talk about later, (laughs) which we can. And it was kind of like a real life sex in the city. It was called Downtown Girls. We were on After the Hills, like literally no one watched it. And (laughs) 
it was like all city and no sex. It's not very interesting, yeah. but it was talking about like, I was sort of like the Carrie Bradshaw and I was talking about like my life and my dating problems mm-hmm. and girls were like messaging me and DMing me and being like, Oh my God, I have this problem too. So I just figured to like make a YouTube channel to address some of them like in mass. And then I did a kissing series, like a tutorial with this channel called Howcast, uh-huh. And I did th- those did huge numbers, like 40 million views each, like crazy. Really? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of bad kissers out there, evidently. But like, how yeah. do you even learn kissing from a YouTube video? It's like anything else. You can quantify anything. Like, you can break anything down into steps, and even kissing. You know, so people think like, oh, you just have to feel it. It's like, but then you have a bad kiss, and you're like, oh god. You can pinpoint what's wrong with a bad kiss, yes. and therefore you can pinpoint what's right about a good one. Ah. So, yeah. So that drove a lot of traffic and I went like pro, I guess you could say like about a year ago and I'm doing this full time and the channel grew by like 200,000 in a year. Your channel is huge and it's crazy because there's no other YouTuber that's doing what you're doing in terms of the depth of content and actually analyzing psychology behind gossip and tea there's a bunch of like gossip channels and tea channels it's just nobody is trying to yeah i think learn from any of the stories yeah yeah i'm i'm happy about that yeah <laughs> i don't want anyone else to. no exactly I, there's some people who've popped up that are kind of like trying a little bit to wade into that space i'm like boy girl you, you're not <laughs> good luck i wish you luck but what was the thing that was missing from the platform that like made it click for you that this is kind of the niche that is going to be yours? I think it, because before like February of 2019, I was doing just like advice and I wasn't really tying it into celebrity. And then the George Woods, Tristan, Chloe thing Mm -hmm. happened. And I did a video called how to spot a liar about Jordan's red table talk. Cause she was lying. Oh my God. That red table talk was a snooze fest. But, like, that's the thing. To most people, it's a snooze fest. But I was like, oh, I see things here. And so I did a video on it. And, like, the traffic was crazy. And I realized, like, everyone wants that celebrity news. But no one knows how to take it to a level that is either going to keep you around watching or it's actually going to do something good for your life. And so it's like, how many times can we check, like, Daily Mail all day? And then we're like, ugh. All I've done is, like... (laughs) scroll about the Kardashians it's now it's like oh I've learned about the Kardashians but I've also enriched myself so I've taken something that's like a gross vice mm-hmm. and made it into something positive so I don't feel guilty about it anymore I love that so much it's just you get bombarded with a lot of Ugh. negativity and it's yes. like you don't know how to spin that into something that's going to be productive in your life you know what I mean right right I mean pain is so often just pointless pain. We, we get locked in these spirals and I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm, I miss him, I'm, I'm upset about something. It's like, but if it's pain in service of growth and learning, and growth is usually painful, growing pains, like there's mm-hmm. a reason that term exists, then we can get over it. And then we can change what something meant. Because we can't change what happens to us, but we can change what it means in our life. And if yeah. we can turn it into like a learning opportunity, it's like, oh, okay. And, that's something as major as a breakup or something or something as minor as my Kardashian obsession. Like, it's not bad. <laughs> it's it's growth. I'm learning from these people. Yeah, exactly. Who was your favorite Kardashian? Courtney? I like Kim. Do you? <laughs> I like the OG Kim. I do. Mm-hmm. Kim has just been such a pioneer. Yeah. And she really had risked so much to get that family where it is. And Courtney is doing, like, almost nothing. And yeah. <laughs> Did you see that episode where they're, like, literally, you're going to get fired because you're never on the show? Yes. 
I get it. Like I, I did a video about that. I'm like, yeah. I totally like get that where it's like, you can say it's like my boundaries, but like, bro, you're at work though. Like, yeah. You can't be like, Deb, I'm not making these copies. These are my boundaries. It's like, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so wait, you think Kim is behind the whole thing. You don't think Chris is. Chris is. Um, but like Chris is behind the scenes. So it's like, who, who's going to get made fun of and called like a slut and this, like it's Kim, you know, That's it's not, true. it's not Chris. Yeah. So she's, She's a narcissist, and so she's smart. She shoves other people into the risk zone mm-hmm. while she steps up and collects the accolades when it suits her, you know? And when yeah. things go wrong, well, she's she's not taking that L. Yeah. Chris is the whole – she's a mastermind. I feel like she, she is, is the glamorous Mojo Jojo. I love her. And my mom looks so much like her. <laughs> oh, my God. I think you've said that before. Yeah. She looks so much like her, and I'm like – she's like the good version of her <laughs> She's like the nice momager. <laughs> she is. She is. She's like, it's okay. You don't have to do something you don't want to. I was like, mom, it's yeah. not what Chris Jenner would tell me. <laughs> oh, mom, you got to step your game up. We could be out here making bank. <laughs> I know. Why aren't you wearing head to toe yellow fur on Christmas? What's wrong with you? Why did you put me in Playboy, mom? <laughs> I know. I, the rudest. I know. Seriously, the audacity. <laughs> Okay, so let's rewind it back a little bit because I want to know, like, your previous work history, you worked for, like you said, the tabloid magazine Mm -hmm. on the reality TV show. How did these prior jobs help you in what you're doing today? Well, I think they gave me a terrifying, endless abyss of knowledge about celebrities. (laughs) You have all the tea. Everything. I do. I also just have an idea of what celebrities are really like, like good and bad, you know, Mm -hmm. and... I, too, like, grew up, you know, celebrity-obsessed. I wanted to be a celebrity. And then it's like you work in that space long enough, and it's like, uh, it's not what it's cracked up to be. You know, there's a lot of downsides. There's a lot of shady bullshit that goes on. So when you see things like Selena Gomez stands who are, like, cutting their arm off to, like, defend her on the Internet, it's like, first of all, she doesn't care if you live or die, like, at all. And second of all, there could be such a better use for your time. I don't know. It just demystifies the whole celebrity space and lets you get a little bit of objectivity so that you can be like all right well you know selena's songs are fine but she's a trash person because of like x y and z or like the kardashians are kind of silly but here's what we can learn from them you know and i think i can try to like pass that along to people and dial down the mania of why am i not kylie jenner why am i not Gigi hadid yeah there's um the video you did on ariana grande's like weird imposter Oh my God! Yes, that is really crazy, and it's like it's I think so if you, sad. it's so sad. But if you go on Instagram, any every other girl looks like a morphed version of Kylie now. Yes. Mm-hmm. What is your stance on that whole? I guess what is it, Generation Z now? I don't know what generation. No, it's still millennials. It's <laughs> I'm afraid it's still millennials oh my God. because. They're not growing out of it. You know, Mm -hmm. they double down on all this surgery and these extensions and these looks. And they're like, I'm 28 and this is still happening. You know, like it's not, they're not going anywhere. It's the look, the Kylie wannabe look is sad. But I think pervasively we see the Kylie Instagram content that's even worse. Like girls who don't look like Kylie and they're not trying to, but they're doing like the booty shots on the beach. You're like, just, you know, a Kylie (laughs) shot when you see it, you know it. And like. People can, like, one of my services, like, I'll look at your Instagram and, like, give yeah. it a review. And, like, that's the number one thing I say is, like, enough with the Kylie shots. Like, you're yeah. not a model. 
And that's fine. You don't have to be a model. It's like one girl, she was a doctor. I'm like, what are you doing? Because see doctors, lawyers. I was like, you're undercutting your actual achievements to promote an achievement that you're never going to hit. Like you're not a model. Yeah. And that's okay. You're very pretty. But when you do this, it, it looks very kind of, you know, it's like a little kid, like, you like, I'm a fireman. Like, yeah. Not. We're not sending you into the house. You need to step aside. <laughs> Getting is, trampled yeah. by real firefighters. Right. right. Like, Get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of like that. And, and yes, it's, it's strange and it's sad to see girls following this Kylie face, but to them, you know, it's just like following any other trend, like haircut, like everyone had the Rachel in the nineties, mm-hmm. I guess, which is a hideous haircut. But it's like, that's something that society had validated, like that look, that haircut, that jean jacket, that whatever. And people, our highest need as humans is love. Yeah. It's social inclusion. And yeah. if we think we're going to bandwagon onto this thing that is pre-approved by society, there's no way we can fail at getting love and approval. Yeah. And the opposite becomes true. Like you are not an individual and therefore no one is connecting to you on an individual level. And if they're not connecting to you, of course you're not getting love. Right. You know, you might be getting likes and you don't understand why that doesn't feel the same as love. Oh my God. Okay. I think this is such (laughs) a perfect segue because I want you to talk about the phrases and you say this, I know what this means already, Mm -hmm. obviously, but you say the phrase is cold blooded animal and Mm -hmm. warm blooded animal a lot. Tell Mm -hmm. our listeners what these phrases mean. So if you look at the animal kingdom, like a cold-blooded animal is a snake, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and they can't regulate their own body temperature. They need the outside world and environment to keep them alive. Yeah. A warm-blooded animal can, and, you know, they don't. And people are the same way. You have a cold-blooded person who needs those lights, needs that validation all the time to keep their ego, like their sense of identity and self, alive. And I think Kylie Jenner is, like, kind of the prime example, which people don't expect. It's like... She's so confident. Yeah. Is she? Because she she says, like, I'll post a picture, and if it's not getting enough likes, I delete it and post it again until it is getting enough comments that she I said like. That? Yeah, she said that before. And and you know, that that's that's not a fun way to live. Yeah. You know, constantly need because it's bottomless. There's no vacations. Like she's she's posting, you know, fifty-two weeks a year. There's no like, I'm gonna take a social media break. Nope, yeah. she can't. For her sense of self. But then you have someone like Rihanna is always the warm-blooded example I give. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't know where she is all the time. We don't know who she's dating. We don't know how expensive her outfits are. And, you know, ass shots on vacation. Like, she's out there living her life. And she doesn't need other people to see it and validate it. She's a warm-blooded animal. And same with, like, Kourtney Kardashian. You know, she's dating who she dates. And that's, like, like it or not, these are my boundaries. Like, fuck you. I don't need you to like me. Like, it's not just a social media thing. It carries over into every aspect of our lives. Can we put this into, like, maybe, like, an office environment? If you could tell who of your coworkers are cold-blooded and warm-blooded? Ooh. Well, you know, it's funny. I would like to say that our leaders are always warm-blooded. Okay. You know, because they're going out on the limb and and standing up for people. But (laughs) if any of us have had a job, we know that, like... (laughs) There's plenty of assholes who fail upwards and they're in the positions they shouldn't. So I think what I always say that makes an alpha female or an alpha male, you know, I don't see like a difference. Mm -hmm. And an alpha is obviously warm blooded is someone who not just stands up for themselves, they stand up for others. They're not pack leaders, they're pack builders. And that might be the mailroom guy. Mm -hmm. That might be the 65 year old woman in HR. That might be your 22 year old intern. Like, that could be a variety of people. But if you see that, if they're like, hey, that's not right. Don't speak to someone like that. 
no, you need to do your work in this presentation too. Like that to me is a warm blooded animal because yeah. they're not afraid of people not liking them in service of what's right. Warm blooded animal, how you're describing it to me right now reminds me of like that kid who would step in when somebody else is getting bullied. Totally. Yeah. That's a warm blooded animal. Yeah. yeah. Or the girl who's like, I always think, come back to this scenario where it's like, we're going, come on, we're going shopping. It's like, no, I'm saving my money for something. I don't need to buy this thing. I don't need to like go to this fancy brunch. It's like someone who's bucking the trend to do what's best for them. Yeah. In today's world of, I guess, influencers and YouTubers, what are your thoughts on the collective self-esteem level of young adult women? I mean, are we collectively more cold-blooded or are we narcissistic? Because you... You mentioned there's a difference between the two. Right. And I think it's important that, like, a lot of narcissists are cold-blooded. In fact, I think that's actually the definition. You know, it's like they can't just be. They have to have all that validation. Yeah. Yeah. Or negative attention. Like, they don't even care. It's like, just I just need to be the center of everything. Mm -hmm. Or I don't exist. I'm invisible. Yeah, it's terrible. We see this all the time in, in young women. And I think people are so chronically deeply unhappy in their own life and just in their own mind and their own skin that they're like reaching out to these distractions, social media, makeup, booty shots, like whatever, like that are so available, you know, like why would I have to sit with my past traumas and the ouchy things I don't like about my life and the stagnancy in my career when I could just take some selfies, post them, and people are going to like it. And that's going to kind of get me through yeah. until this wave passes. But the wave is something you got to lean into because it's it's not ever going to pass. It's just going to keep on going. Yeah. It's so crazy to me to hear about these teenagers. I mean, thank God I did not have Instagram in high school. Oh, my God. Could you thank imagine? God. No. no. I would set myself on fire. No. Just like Me one too. thing I post. I don't care if I posted like one thing and it was a seagull. I'd be like, I would kill myself. <laughs> just be like so lame and horrifying. First of all, 16-year-olds are looking like they're 25. I know. Everyone wants to grow up so fast. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, being an adult is literally terrible. Like you don't, you don't want to be here, okay? <laughs> like, do you want to pay my rent? <laughs> Wait, do you want to pay my rent? Do you want to, like, be the one buying all the toilet paper? Because it's me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Out of bounty again. <laughs> right. Mom's not helping. I know. But with the social media stuff, what if we are our own brand? And I know you can relate to this because mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. are your own brand. Mm-hmm. How can we stay warm-blooded when it's like we consistently have to post ourselves to grow the business? Yeah, that is tough because it's a fine line between like I feel douchey posting myself all the time to I have to for the brand to like, yes, like I want to post myself all the time. (laughs) You know, I think it's it's just a matter of doing what's authentic. And there's this sense of competition out there. And I remember before I became like a full time influencer when I was like thinking about it. I was, I was really anxious because I was like, there's no way I'm going to make make this happen. There's there's a million other YouTubers, a million other girls. And my friend who, she did, she became, she went from a publicist into like a fitness influencer. She's like, there's enough seats at the table. Yeah. There's enough seats at the table. And it just calmed me right down. She's like, just because someone follows someone else doesn't mean they can't follow you. Yeah, like, that's true. These aren't like TV channels. Like those are much more finite. Um, so it that took the pressure off. And it's like, if I don't post for a week, it's fine. Yeah. You know, if I post something that maybe isn't the greatest post in the world, 
it's fine. Like as long as it's authentic, people respond to authenticity because there's so much fake shit out there and, Mm -hmm. and they want to truly connect, you know? So just try to be authentic to yourself and like give yourself a breather if you need to. It's totally fine. What has been like the biggest change that you have seen from the start of your YouTube days to like right now? I think people are asking a little bit more of their content. Like YouTube is the number one way people consume video content. It's Mm -hmm. not Netflix. It's not cable. It's YouTube. So it's like if I'm going to sit through ads and if I'm going to like have to have the window open because, you know, you can't close it and put it in your pocket. (laughs) Like I want to get something out of it, you know, and the content needs to be really good. And people when I kind of first started, it was like your videos are so like low tech it's just like me talking and like in my house and it's like where you know where's like the special effects i was like this isn't a goddamn (laughs) avengers movie okay it's like i'm sorry like i'm just a person but and they think you're michael bay yes i know i was like i'm sorry i don't have marky mark cast in this movie today But now I feel like there's a return to my style. Like I know I hear overwhelmingly, I love how chill it is and relaxed. Cause I, mm-hmm. I did do a few videos that were a lot slicker and people were like, I don't like this, you know, like, yeah. they're like, it, so there's sort of like a, not a backlash, but like a, a retro circling back to something that's a little bit more low tech because people want that, that connection, that yeah. is accessibility. Like YouTube used to be all about connection and your favorite YouTubers and whatever. And then it was like TV. And now I think people want more of that connection back. Yeah. yeah. So if people are thinking about getting into YouTube, they're like, Oh, I don't have an editor. I was like, I don't know how to edit. That's why I do every video in one take. Cause I literally don't know what to do if I don't. <laughs> so I force my brain to like do this. So like, don't let that deter you. If that's something you're thinking about getting into. Wait, you don't edit any of your videos, huh? Now that I'm no. thinking about it, yeah, because <laughs> everything is like very, you don't, there's no effects where it's like fades in and out sometimes. No. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how. You are so articulate. <laughs> Holy fuck. And I don't have a script and I don't rehearse. <laughs> the, like what? Okay, were you like a public speaking, like, like Major. icon? In, in I, I majored in communication. Yeah, I've always liked public speaking, but most people don't. It's the number one fear of Americans, it, it and number number two is getting set on fire. Like people would rather get set on fire than give a speech. Like that's how much people hate it. This is true. <laughs> really, pyro really. pyromania over yeah, death by fire oh, is number two, can't. and public speaking is number one. I, so I have a huge fear of public speaking. Did you just right? How did you do this? Like how? I don't, I'm just kind of a ham. I don't know. And I don't know. I just, if I put things, if I put information in my brain in the right order or in any order, it comes out in the right order. I did improv for a lot of years. And so I think that helped me kind of think Got on my it. feet a little bit better. And in fact, if I do rehearse, it comes out bad. It's like, I, I already say the joke in my mind and then I forget it. Like I send <laughs> the joke already. And I, I'm like, I don't know, man, the Kardashians. Goodbye. <laughs> I can't believe you don't have notes or you don't Mm -hmm. nothing. That's insane. This is like your calling probably just talking to people like this because you're so good at it. Oh, thank you. I'm so thank you. That makes me really I mean, it's the thing I'm like proudest of. I'm like, do you guys know that I don't edit? (laughs) (laughs) One take, bitches. (laughs) I would want to get better at editing. You know, that's my goal for 2020 is because it's expensive to like hire out and never quite comes out exactly the way like you envision it exactly. so 
I want to, I want to be able to do that myself. It's, but this is, this is the tough thing about YouTube. It's like, it's just you. And there's no boss down the hall. There's yeah. no coworkers. There's no nothing. It, and it's also like the wild west anyway. It's not like, well, I'm studying for the bar by myself and everyone knows how to do that. Like, yeah. so you really have to figure out what you know, what you don't know, what you can learn and what you can't, what you can afford to outsource and like kind of go from there. So yeah. And then whatever it's you fun. don't know and have to do, you got to learn it quick. You got to learn it. Yeah. So people who think like, I hear all the time from girls, like, I want to be an influencer. I was like, do you understand how hard this is? Like, <laughs> you just see like the cute photos, like the pigeon toe hat gown blogger pose. It's like, there's <laughs> so much poor shit that went behind that. Like, it's crazy. There's like literally probably 60 takes behind that one shot. Oh, and me. just the back end negotiations with the brand and yeah. the pitch deck. Like, it's, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah negotiations are like the worst part for pricing oh my god I, I don't even get me started it's <laughs> agony talk about getting set on fire like I would rather get set on fire than negotiate <laughs> I can't and I'm like so nice too that I'm just like okay I know I was like you don't want to pay me that's fine I'm sorry I'm so sorry I'm sorry I'm asking <laughs> I'm sorry I'm asking it's I know I know it's terrible <laughs> Oh my God, our lives. <laughs> this is the next challenge. This is the next challenge. Like how to negotiate and how to like, like it's a money challenge. We're going to do that. Oh my God, please do that. I, I have to get good at it first. <laughs> so that you can teach us. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so give me a few months on that one. <laughs> okay. But you, something you're very, very good at, and you speak a lot about your love for the art of seduction, which is oh, one yes, of my I favorite do. books. It's, it's so good. It's so, it's so good. good. You learn so much from that book. And I think every yes. time you reread it, you find new shit. Yes, you really do. You really do. Because it's so dense. It's like a textbook. There's annotations and sidebars. Yes. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, you don't just breeze through it on the subway. No, no. And they have, like, um, examples from history and, like, how it's oh, done yes. wrong. It's great. Yeah. What are some of the biggest lessons you learned from that book? I think the biggest lesson is, first of all, I love that they call the person you're trying to seduce victim. Mm -hmm. I think that's very, very significant because we as women, we're lovers, you know, and yeah. we don't, I don't go out to a bar. I'm like, I'm going to meet a victim. It's like, <laughs> I'm going like, <laughs> to meet a boy and I want to connect him. You know, it's like a love fest. Yeah. But so not all people are like this, yeah. you know, and we have to be really aware that some people view us as prey and not in a cute way. Yeah. You know, and and then we go into situations a little bit smarter. It it doesn't make us paranoid. It just makes us aware, you know, like walking down the street. So that to me was like hugely illuminating. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that concept of the shadow self. <clears throat> I don't even know if that's like what they refer to it as, but that's just kind of what I've come to call it. It's yeah. seduction boils down to tapping in to a side of your victim that either they're afraid to amplify or they're trying to, and no one else is listening to it. You know, mm -hmm. like I have dated rock stars, athletes, an Oscar winner. Like I got around yeah. and it's not because I'm ever the prettiest girl in the room or whatever. It's because I can see a shadow self really easily and tap into it. Like I dated this hockey player <clears throat> and you know, everyone's like, Oh, he's so good. He's so good. And mm -hmm. I talked to him literally about like hunting and fishing he's like no one ever wants to talk about this I was like I do you know <laughs> I get you it was yeah I totally I get you and you think like 
then we have to look at our own selves like, okay, well, what's my shadow self? Where's my weak spot that people are maybe pressing? Yeah. And because you, I mean, you do want a partner that can see that side of you that the world doesn't always get to see, always accept, but some people take it too far and they exploit it. You know, like that happens, that happens a lot. Yeah. So if we are aware of our shadow self and like it, then we're less vulnerable to these kind of attacks and manipulations. Okay. How do you pinpoint somebody's shadow self is it in the things that they say or the question I ask is what's the best compliment you've ever received Mm. and like with the athlete yeah one thing he said he's like um he's like people people say that I'm that I'm that I'm humble that I'm a nice guy and I was like okay that's it like he doesn't care about this fame thing he wants to be known as a leader and a good person you know so Mm -hmm. I would be like Hey, I have a dilemma. Like, what do you think? You're the you're the most level headed leader guy I know. And he'd be like, "Thank you." You know, and like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he would like love that. And so, like for me, the best compliment I receive is like, "You're a good person." You know, mm-hmm. you're a sweet, good person. And so, I am trying to be aware that, like, if someone says that to me, it's like, okay. Maybe you're not in love with them. Maybe you're in love with this feedback and that's okay. Just <laughs> keep keep some distance. Don't go too crazy. In the book though, they like there's a list of different types of seducers and different oh, types yeah. of victims. Have mm-hmm. you successfully identified what kind of seducer you are? Not really, because I shape shift like a true predator. Like I really <laughs> oh my God. I, mean it's not like oh I'm out to get their money or to like because I'm very multifaceted and like you know most of us are and so I've learned to tap into all different sides of me I can be coquettish I can be a little bit more like overt and Mm -hmm. like I can be like nerdy I can be glamorous yeah so I try to kind of like hang back and give and be a bit of a blank slate when Mm -hmm. I see a guy that I like and let him tell me who I should be to like tap into his shadow self. Yeah. Like I, I get him talking, you know, I ask yeah. questions and you know, and it's like, if they don't ask me a single question, I'm like, okay, that's a data point. It's fucking annoying, but it's a data point. Oh, this girl, do you know Hannah Burner? No. Who is she, that? She's, she's a comedian. She's on that Bravo show summer house, but she okay. posted, <laughs> she's like the number of questions the guy asks you on a date is directly proportionate to the number of minutes he'll spend going down on you. And it's like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is that is accurate (laughs) sadly the most accurate yeah so if a guy talks all about himself he's gonna need his ego stroked constantly so i'm like oh wow but then it's like the fuck am i doing this for you know it's like why do i want to be around somebody like this but it's a good practice in i guess manipulation because manipulation has to come in to play in the bedroom and the boardroom Mm mm-hmm and you got to get real good at it. We, as women, we don't have the power we deserve in the world. So we have to find ways to take it. Yeah. I love, like, topics like manipulation and, like, reading about, uh, like, dark psychology. Oh, I love it. I, what is your biggest, like, I don't even know if it's seduction anymore, but what is your biggest, like, manipulation tip? Like, what, what do you do? Hmm. Well, there's the most toxic one of all, which is to love bomb and then remove it. You know, you like shower some more. That's how, that's what people do to us. Not like this is an eye for an eye thing because it's not healthy, but that is how you, that is what you do. Yeah. 
and just to be extremely variable in your responses so that someone can never necessarily predict how you're going to react. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be an insane to insane like extremes. Yeah, like but... you're bipolar type. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you ever see I hope the answer is no. Did you ever see that terrible movie Nymphomaniac with Shia LaBeouf? No. Oh, no. Was Shia LaBeouf was movie called nymphomaniac yes and there was like it's real sex it's like who cares there's porn on the internet you idiots like who cares i've seen real sex but but there's a part in it where the girl is like trying to like play all these different dudes and she has a dice like she has a die Mm -hmm. and for she assigns like a value to each number and like number one is she responds like really sweet all the way up to number six and she's a huge bitch and so she rolls it every time like the guy texts her and she responds totally differently and she's like they're obsessed with me and so my friends and i got dice and we did it and it really does work <laughs> shut up really like, yeah <gasps> like mm-hmm. oh my god so like, i want to try oh that. my gosh i hope you have a good day to so like why are you telling me this and it's like oh fuck i don't it's like you've got to keep a guy off filter they're hunters yeah and hunters they don't want to be fed they want they want to chase you know yeah. and if you can and we don't know how to chase these women it's like do i just not answer him it's like no you answer him but in a way that he's not ultra predictable about and of course like you can't do this like once you're already boyfriend girlfriend it's like how exhausting but (laughs) you get dumped (laughs) you get dumped like who would want to date somebody like that (laughs) but you know who does crazy people other crazy people want a long-term crazy situation so you don't want that thriving off drama Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. People normalize chaos. And I mean, that's something I dealt with with my boyfriend who I just broke up with. Mm-hmm. It's um, like there was a lot of chaos. <laughs> yes. Yeah, speaking of, I guess, your ex situation, you, mm-hmm. I watched a lot of your videos on side chicks. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I have been on like all sides of the cheating spectrum. Same. Yeah, so that's that's also why I relate to you so much because you speak about it and you you yeah. talked about how you've been you know the cheater cheated on yeah. you've been the side chick so it's like mm-hmm. I mean is something like wrong with us that we've had experiences being the side chick you think no no I think monogamy is a really hard thing for human beings there's no animal in the animal kingdom that is monogamous and like why would us like the most developed the most nuanced of animals. Yeah. be monogamous it's it's a religious and social construct that i just don't think works and i say this all the time like 60 percent of marriages end in divorce mm-hmm. and th- those are just the ones that end it which i always think is a good thing it's like great someone stepped up and is like i'm not happy yeah if 60 percent of planes crashed you'd stop getting on planes and you'd start talking about how to make a better plane <laughs> but you don't you don't do that with yeah. relationships it's like it's you are the problem we are all the problems like the passenger's the problem this fucking plane like not that fuselage it's you guys yeah (laughs) you ask for more peanuts that crashed the plane (laughs) so i think you know monogamy is really difficult and we get ourselves into side chick situations because we it's easier to hate the other woman like the the wifey you know the girlfriend Mm -hmm. than than to hate the guy because we feel like we need the guy because if we don't have a guy, we don't exist. Yeah. You know, it goes back to the cold-blooded thing. It's like, I need this guy to be my escape car from the shitty parts of my life, and I will chase this getaway car no matter what. Like, girl, he ain't worth it, you yeah. know? Like, if he's, it all just boils down to 
most guys, they're just a dick who likes having two girlfriends. It's really a very simple story. Very simple. And my next question is a follow-up. And I think I already know the answer to this, but mm-hmm. should anyone ever settle for being a side? I don't think so. I you don't know, think so like e- even if you are like, I don't want marriage, I don't want commitment. You can find a guy who isn't married or has a girlfriend, you know, who aligns right. with that. It's like that's it's low self esteem. Yeah. It, it, at the end of the day, like, and I've I've been there. It's you think I don't deserve anything better, or it's like this challenge. Yes. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna break them up. It's yeah. like. Why don't you use that energy for something that actually matters in life? Why don't you put that energy towards getting a master's, opening your Etsy store, whatever? We think energy is endless. And I've talked about this in recent videos. Energy is essentially currency, the way money is. We know that our money isn't endless. But if we're like, I can't afford this, but I'm going to put it on my credit card. You're not making more money. You're going into debt. And so we do that with energy. It's like you are tired and you're not focusing on like, your career, your friendships, your health, and you're focusing on this guy, like, you don't have energy left over for these things. And like coffee or Adderall, like, that's debt as well. Yeah. If I think back on the times when I was the other person or the other woman, Mm -hmm. I was in a very toxic headspace on my own. Absolutely. Right? Like, you're going through a lot of issues internally that then you, like, project in a way that is so just not the best. No, it's not the best. It's like people, nobody wants to think of themselves as the mistress. It's not, it's not cute. Like it wears away at who we are. Yeah. It's corrosive, you know, because at the end of the day, like you are the bad guy. Yeah. You are. And that's a terrible way to feel about yourself because then that leads to, it's like, well, fuck it. I'm already a bad girl. So I'm going to like stay late and do coke and chocolate. It's like, it just, it it bleeds into everything. And, And yeah, absolutely. When I've been in the side chick, it's like, I felt like, if I didn't have this guy, I had nothing. Yeah. I had nothing. One dude had one testicle. One. And I was twisted <laughs> over him for a year. Shallon, no. You gotta go out and yes. find somebody with two testicles. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was literally half a man. And oh I was like, goodness. if I can't have him, like, if I can't have him, what? I'll have a chance of having a child? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. But also, like, even if you got the guy, you're not going to be Khloe Kardashian. Like, how you get him is how you lose him. It is so true. Like, it's such a hollow victory. Because, like, if you even know that he has a girlfriend, that means he's not going to leave her. And if he does, like, you're goading him into it. So it's like, I don't want to date someone that I'm forced, that I even have that much power over, you know, that I'm like, do this. And I certainly don't want to date someone that I had to, like, threaten him into dumping someone like that's it's a horrible feeling it's such a hollow victory yeah like either way if you're a side you lose you lose yeah you, no matter you really do lose yeah like you can dice it up however many ways you want in all mm-hmm. scenarios you you lose so it's never worth being a side Mm-mm. yeah it, it isn't and it sucks it really sucks and it's like we just click so well it's like no you don't yeah. like you might click with him. He sees you as an easy mark. And like, exactly. not, not even consciously, you know, like he doesn't have like a whiteboard yeah. in his basement about this kind of thing. But like, he sees something in you that he knows he can like manipulate to his situation. It's yeah. going to be easy for him. Yeah. And like guys can see that in milliseconds. Like they. Uh, milliseconds. They yeah. smell it. Yeah. They, it's, it's the strongest scent in the world. Subconscious processing. Yep. Do you think once a cheater, always a cheater? You did a video on this. Recently. You know, I did. I've said that historically in the past. 
I don't know. Maybe it's because of my own situation with my ex that I'm hoping this isn't the case. But like, I cheating is symptomatic. Not always. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have someone who is not monogamous, and that is the way it is, and they're not being honest about it, and they are gonna keep cheating on you. You know, like yeah. Tristan Thompson is gonna keep cheating on Chloe. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But if I think it it is symptomatic of things like poor coping mechanisms, like an inability to be bored or lonely or or it's revenge, mm-hmm. you know, or spitefulness or, you know, stuff like that. And like it, almost all negative behaviors are symptomatic of larger issues. Like we fight about topics as people. And I think cheating is like a topic, but like the issue under it is like, yeah, like poor coping mechanisms, you know, stuff like that. So if you can get to that root and dismantle it, you can like, I don't, cheat anymore you know Mm -hmm. and I did for I was I was a cheater for sure and it's like sometimes you just outgrow it and I feel like I was cheating almost out of like this beggar's mentality when I was young it's like I have to have a guy and I was like a hoarder like so if I can have more than one guy I have I have to I can't turn this guy down like what if I never what if a guy never flirts with me it's like I'm a starving person and I'm just like hoarding food and I'm already full it's like what you're like hoarding men (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoarding men, you know, and it, but when I got my self-esteem where it needed to be, and then like, I will love again, you know, like, yeah. this is not the only dude. Yeah. No, I'm not going to risk everything for this guy at a bar or whatever. Yeah. In all cheating scenarios, I feel like there is some work that has to be done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you're the side, you definitely have work that needs oh. to be done. Most. Yep. Like uh-huh. 150%. If you're a cheater, you have work that needs to be done because there's something mm-hmm. lacking that you feel mm-hmm. about yourself that yep. keeps you going, like, on the hunt, you know? Absolutely. And then if you're getting if you're getting cheated on, you, you need work because you're fucking getting damaged. You're getting damaged. Yeah, and I think it's a fallacy that, like, the person who gets cheated on mm-hmm. is, like, you know, we're not doing anything wrong. And, like, look you're not like this isn't like god punishing you for your sins in the relationship but there were there were clues you ignored there were red flags into character or behavior that you didn't want to call out i mean and some people look some people do get completely blindsided of course Mm -hmm. but and maybe that's the case but like you owe it to yourself to do that autopsy on your relationship and be like how did i contribute to this did i choose somebody who was just shitty from the beginning what was i telling myself when I overlooked things, you know, because then, like we were saying in the beginning, like, it's pain in service of growth, yes. not just I'm victim, I'm the victim, I'm the victim, I'm the victim. Yeah. As a cheaty, being, you know, the person who, like, got cheated on, mm-hmm. how many chances is too many chances to give someone? I think you give them one more chance and that's it. Yeah? I think so. Like, I think Chloe, I understand why <laughs> she took him back. Yeah. And she's she's about to take him back again. You can kind of tell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I bet she already is. I bet bet they're already there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can see why she took him back after the whole, you know, she was pregnant and everything. Mm -hmm. Just because she just wasn't ready. But it's like, after the Jordan thing, you still take him back? That's, That's, I don't know. I mean. That's disrespectful at that point. It's purposeful. Yeah. You know? He has gotten so comfortable with her. It's like he's. It's not even enough of a challenge to seduce another woman. He has to seduce a woman who's friends with his wife and, like, stick it to her that way. Like, that's how 
like risky he needs to be. It's yeah. just, it's so much more to do about Chloe than it is about Jordan. I mean, come on. When that news broke, I was like, fuck. I it. couldn't believe it. Somebody's so close to the family. Are I you know. kidding? Like, what kind of idiot are you? Okay, if you had to rank these three men mm. from least toxic to most toxic, Ooh. what would it be? So <laughs> we have Tristan. Uh-huh. We have Drake. Oh, God. And we have Future. Oh. <laughs> oh. This is horrible. I know. Okay. So I think the least toxic is Future. Really? You know, I don't know. He has like 11 baby mamas. That's true. Okay. I'm actually going to say the least toxic is Tristan. Okay. It's because he's like kind of dumb. He's dumb and we know who he is. Like, yeah. We, you know, like, you know it. You know what you're getting into. Yeah. I think Future is probably in the middle because you know part of his toxicity, but I think there's a huge layer underneath there yeah. that we don't see. Like, he's a drug addict and all of this weird shit. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Future's, <laughs> yeah. Future does a, he got Juice World hooked on drugs that killed him. Shallon, really? That's what I've heard. Oh, they did have, like, that album together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Future's, like, not doing well. Oh, God. I love him. I love Future. Like, he's the I hottest guy in the world. Yeah. <gasps> I went to his after party one time, and he's like, he's like, you're kind of cute. And I was there, like, with my boyfriend. I, like, dropped my boyfriend. <laughs> like, yes, I am. <laughs> he's like, you want to be my next baby mama? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm dying. I know. <laughs> But you think Drake takes the number one spot? I think Drake takes the cake because Drake is a, he's the worst kind of snake. He's the one you can't see. Like him collaborating with Chris Brown is so fucked up. It's so fucked up. Like Drake is the kind of dude, if he was like a white male in Southern America, he would, he would have shot up a school by now. You know, like if he was a white male in Tennessee, he would have shot up a school because he has this idea that. That women owe him something. That yeah. Rihanna owed him love. And when he didn't get it, he tried to do the most spiteful, hurtful thing he could, which is collaborate with a man who almost beat her to death. That Talk about toxic. It's like, cheat on me all you want. Just don't make my enemies your your best friends. Like, yeah. that is so twisted. And it really speaks to a very sinister pathology. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder if we could do, like, a deep dive into, like, Drake's whole whole thing because mm-hmm. he was known I, I guess around like the Twitter uni- universe for a while mm-hmm. as being like kind of the guy that like saves hoes you know what I mean yeah yeah totally yeah totally. like he would be the one that like fell in love with strippers and like all the right. stuff and then there's nothing wrong with strippers like do your thing no, girl but I like love strippers love strippers but there's got to be something mm-hmm. kind of wrong there it people see this is what's fucked up is everyone's like oh he's saving them no he's controlling them and we see this because now he's after really young girls, like Millie Bobby Brown. Like, she's fucking 15, dude. No way. What? I've read so many, like, blind times about this, and I've heard it from a lot of people that he, like, is going after, like, very, very, very young girls. Like, he has this weird friendship with Millie Bobby Brown. Like, she's in high school. What would a 32-year-old man have in common with a girl in high school? Oh, my like, God that's it's anywhere you slice it that shit's inappropriate so yeah so i don't see him as like saving girls i think he's targeting people he can manipulate you know wow 
Because like, what what is a stripper from Magic City gonna do? <laughs> Tell Drake he can't do something? Like, come on. Right. Oh my goodness, I did not know that about him and like Millie Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. It's very it's very weird. It's very weird. Yeah, that's kind of scary and creepy. It is. It yeah. is because you know he's probably not just friends with one fifteen year old. Like, it's like Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know, it's like why do you have these people in your life that are so age inappropriate? Yeah. What would you say, speaking of, I guess, the number two most toxic guy's future, what would you say to somebody if they're considering getting into a relationship with somebody with one or multiple baby mamas or, like, if they've had, like, a bad relationship track record? Um, That you are not special, girl. You're not special. Like, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. Like, not to make a fun with future, but literally. Yeah. (laughs) Like... (laughs) People are who they are, and whatever story he's feeding you is not 100% the truth. And I get questions like this from girls all the time, like, yeah. oh, he said that his his ex is crazy. It's like, well, no shit he's going to say that. Right. No, she, was he gonna say? no, she was great, and I fucked it up. Like, guys don't really tell that story very often. So it's a weird thing that some guys do. Like, it's called siring, where mm-hmm. they, they want as many baby mamas as they can. I have absolutely no idea why, but... You know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like a new trend. It's like the past few years, everybody is fucking getting pregnant, girl. It's gross. <laughs> like, I don't think they understand what a baby entails. It's like animal planet. Yes. <laughs> it is it animal is. fucking planet. Yeah. Like, it's all fun and cute to like touch the tummy. It's like, where are they at the 3 a.m. feedings? Where are they at like ballet practice? Like, you know, they're fucking somebody else. They're fucking somebody else. Because look. <laughs> Like, men leave. Women don't leave. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know? So, yeah. it, like, the stakes are so low. So, if you think that, like, he's always been a cheater and, like, I know we just said cheaters can't change. But if he's admitted to that and not followed that up with, but I've had a lot of therapy. But I've worked on this and that. Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to repeat itself. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how I would handle somebody with multiple baby mamas. Like, oh. I I was talking to a guy with one already like a like a girl with like this one baby mama and he had another girl like pregnant and (gasps) then he was talking to me and I was like okay like what is this whole situation like you you got tricked twice (laughs) like like no you know like guys know how contraception works like I don't think he's I mean maybe he was but it's like some great catch where it's like we gotta lock this dude down but no, it's people are complicit. Yeah, but then he was like such a total like pathological liar too, and I was oh. just kind of like over it. <laughs> I was like, oh, like I don't like. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear the worst pathological liar story I've ever heard? What this a friend of a friend dated this guy for a year and a half. They uh-huh. had a baby, and the whole time he was pretending to be British. <gasps> what? <laughs> the whole time. He was pretending to be British. What is he? He was just like, just from... Just an American. I think he's from Michigan. (laughs) He's from Detroit. From Detroit. (laughs) And like, can you imagine the cognitive effort that took to never like, been like, oh, fuck. Like, or like in bed or like never let it drop. Oh my God. Can you imagine the conscious effort to say, oh, bollocks instead of, oh, fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. Can you imagine... But for what reason? What what reason? I think they had like met at a bar and he was like he you know, we like lied already, over at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he was already British. British. Right. And it was like a joke and then he didn't he could 
didn't let it go yeah. and like felt like he didn't know how to. She has a child with this person. Are they still together? No. Mm-mm. That's like the most ridiculous lie. Isn't that <laughs> horrifying? Could. That's horrifying. It's horrible. It's like, oh, you thought you had like a British American baby? No. <laughs> right. Like, did you take her to England USA. and like hire some old British people to pretend to be his family? Like, how far did this go? No, seriously. They they didn't get married or anything, right? Like, there wasn't like, no. a wedding with family. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if there was? No. no. That would be expensive on his end to hire actors. He probably, that's probably why he came clean. She was probably like, okay, when are we getting married? When are we meeting your family? And he's like, actually, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> the accent just drops completely. <laughs> I can't deal with people. What the I know. fuck? People, that's why, like, we, people aren't going to save us, you know? Like, yeah. boys are great, relationships are great, but, like, if you, you got to keep those red flags, like, front and center, because it's okay. You're, you're going to be fine without a man. Yeah. Everyone's better without a man than with a toxic man, you know? 100%. 100%. And the part of growing up, because I used to be the girl that was always in relationships, like, I mm-hmm. needed a boyfriend at all times. Like, I mm-hmm. did not know what to do with myself if I was single. Yeah. And I think the part of growing up, like, because for the past, like, five years I've been single now, you know, you learn to oh. be okay yeah. with yourself. And, like, you you feel, like, so much more joy being alone. For sure. Like, yeah. I love being alone. Like, being single is fun. Like, being in a relationship is is fun too but it's it's like a I think it's like being unemployed and then having a job you know like you think getting a job is going to save me from everything you're like no I mean I'll get a job and like some worries will fall away right but then it's going to be the introduction of a whole bunch of new stressors and whatever so there's no like perfect situation you just got to find the good and whatever and like you're not going to be unemployed forever and you're not going to be single forever like if I could tell my younger self one thing it's like you're not you're going to have a boyfriend. Yeah. Like, just fucking relax and enjoy <laughs> yourself, for goodness sakes. Yes. And enjoy the time with, like, your girls. Yeah. Because. Yeah, because that really does change. I got to tell you. It does, right? And then I've been, I'm mm-hmm. now on the receiving end of it. I used to be the girl that fell off the face of the earth when I got a boyfriend. Now uh-huh. I'm on the receiving end of it with, like, my girls. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, like, I can see why that sucked, but I also, being where I have been in your guys' position, like, I get it. Like, you get all yeah. consumed, and, like, it's just... I know. And it's, once people get married, like, that, they never come back. Yeah. <laughs> they never come back, and it's no, it's validated for them to only focus on their husband, yeah. you know? And society says that that's okay, and you're like, well... It's not. It's so weird, but all right. Yeah, but it's like, okay, I'll talk to you next year, girl. <laughs> right, right. I'll you can be, like, condescending over lunch. Yeah, I mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, every week we do a segment. It's called Weekly Weakness. It's all about your favorite thing of the moment. Ooh, okay. Yes. So it could be, I, like, a TV show or anything, like a book, anything. Well, I feel like I already, like, blew it, but it is strippers. <laughs> <laughs> It is. (laughs) Stop. Strippers are her weekly weakness, you guys. (laughs) I love strippers. Like, I love going to see strippers. Like, my ex-boyfriend and I, like, that would be, like, our treat. He's like, we're going to. He'd, like, hand me a rack, and he'd be like, we're going to strip. I'd be like, yay. But I. (laughs) Field trip. (laughs) Field trip. I just think they're, like, mesmerizing. Like, and I've started taking um, pole classes. Like, I did pole dance, like, in college. It's really hard. It's hard as fuck. Oh, it's so hard. I know. But it's. 
just like, man, these girls manipulate men. They take their money. They work the pole. Like, I I can't get enough. And I bought the movie Hustlers. I bought it. I love that movie. <laughs> I love it's that movie. so good. Can you please tell the listeners where they can find you? So you can find me on YouTube. My name's Shallon Lester. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at ShallonXO. And if you have, like, a love question that you need help with, you can connect with me at my website, ShallonLester.com. And you click Get Help, and you can submit a question. I get back to you in a week. Oh, and I have a podcast, Girl on Top. Yes. That's out every Wednesday and where I answer, like, the best questions, like, you guys submit over the course of the week. So it's it's not so love-focused. It's, like, a it's real, real girl advice. I love it. Thank you so much, Shallon, for coming this on. This was so fun. To- I, like, this is, like, the most fun I feel like I've had Yay. recording. This is so good. And <laughs> I cannot so wait. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for this episode to come out. One of the most quotable episodes ever. Good. So. That makes me so happy. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. I can't wait to listen. Have a wonderful day, girl. You too. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Shallon Lester. Make sure you guys check out her YouTube channel and I promise you, you guys will understand why I am so obsessed with her. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Stay home, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and I'll catch you guys next Friday. Bye.